Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Well, look where we are again. Welcome. Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. I am Sam Roberts, and this is my wrestling podcast, a podcast done uh, by a wrestling fan for wrestling fans. And, you know, there's a lot of wrestling fans out there. That's uh, part of the mission of our podcast here is to remember uh, that that's what we are. We're wrestling fans. We like wrestling and to celebrate everything that makes it awesome, and today is going to be a podcast perfect for that kind of celebration. Uh, Of course, I want you to please go on iTunes, subscribe to this if you're not already, but rate, review. If you leave a review, if you rate it however many stars, it really helps uh, uh, instill credibility of the show, get guests, do the whole thing, and that's very, very valuable. So if you could do that for me, I'd appreciate it, and I can keep bringing you Awesome shows for free. Today is going to be one of those shows where we just hear voices of people who love professional wrestling. I'm going to start, of course, with our interview. Matt Seidel, a.k.a. Evan Bourne, or should I say FKA Evan Bourne, is on the podcast this week. Of course, Matt Seidel uh, has had a huge career with Ring of Honor and uh, New Japan as of late. Evan Bourne had a run in WWE. Uh, It was successful. But there were some uh, wellness policy violations. There were some injuries, some things that just didn't pan out. I always – it was almost like – and it was before the era of uh, that kind of high flyer in the company. He – Neville, I feel like, is in the spot that Evan Bourne was in for a period of time. But Evan Bourne has managed to carve out a niche for himself. And if you talk to him, which I did and you'll hear, you can hear – how excited he is about pro wrestling. To me, that was the biggest takeaway for this interview, how excited Matt Seidel is to be performing, is to be in front of a crowd, uh, and how much wrestling is still in his blood. And sometimes it takes uh, getting in front of a different audience to bring that out in you. And it, it harkens back to what's going on with Cody Rhodes. You know, Cody Rhodes now has many of his checkboxes already checked. They're already planned. You know, he's going to be at WrestlePro Wrestling Pat Buck. He's going to be at PWG Best of Los Angeles. Bola. He's going to be wrestling Kurt Angle. He's going to be wrestling Mike Bennett. All this stuff already planned. And I can't wait until uh, Cody Rhodes, he's going to say Cody Graves, Cody Rhodes meets all of his goals and is then able to really pursue this next segment of his career because I'm anxious to see what happens. Uh, And I have Evan Bourne now, Matt Seidel, to talk about what life is like as Matt Seidel. Listen to how enthusiastic this guy is about pro wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, here on the Wrestling Podcast, Matt Seidel. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. We're here at uh, Terminal 5 for the Ring of Honor show in... Matt Seidel is here. Matt, what's the haps? Oh, man, we're loving it. It's a beautiful day in New York. It is. Beautiful day for a wrestling show. It is a beautiful day for a wrestling show, and I feel like this is a long time coming because I noticed you quite some time ago as a Not Sam Instagram follower, 
And I was, I mean, I was honored. What can I say? I mean, I'm a fan of yours. It's not, <laughs> is it a crime? It's, you know, you're, we know. have, um, we share a lot of the same viewpoints. We enjoy a lot of the same content. Right. And, yeah, we got a lot in common. I'm, I mean, you know, it didn't take Tinder to get us together. It just took <laughs> no. the internet. Sometimes just any social media will do. Mm-hmm. You don't need Tinder. Um, so what's like, life been like for you getting to do this again? Like, what's this second run being Matt Seidel been like? Well, I'd say it's pretty incredible so far. Yeah. I, I like how you said it, it. Like, when I first came back to wrestling after my motorcycle accident, which was post my WWE, well, I didn't get to come back in WWE because I was never healthy. And then when I got uh, re- released, when that began, when all those matches began, I fell back in love with wrestling, and I was like, this is my second rookie year. And I'm like, thank God I spent all these years working so hard and getting... Like, I've just, throughout the years, gotten to work with so many smart people. I feel like I'm just now getting the chance to apply all my, all my, the accumulation of all these years of all the work I've done. So you mean, like, not only, so all your, your indie experience prior and then the guys you got to work with in WWE to, to come out of that and be able to be like, okay, now, yeah. now I can kind of use all this experience. Yeah, I mean I, I mean, I started in professional wrestling at 17. I was wrestling in my backyard at 15. I have done nothing but getting expertise in this industry right. from the day I started just, let's just call it an obsession, yeah. a passion, however you want to describe it. Yeah. But I really feel like my knowledge as a whole of the wrestling industry, top to bottom, from the way the rings get built. I mean, I, I'm i the guy who, who double-checks the way the ring gets set up. I make sure they tape the boards down. Yeah. I'm also in the back yelling at guys about their matches. I'm also in the back yelling at myself about my matches. I mean, like, uh, I really feel like... I'm contributing to this business, and I'm creating content that I love and I'm really proud of. So how do you deal with people who don't have the same attitude? Like, I get that, because I'm the same way about the things I'm into. Like, you just get obsessive, and you want you, you see how everything can be good, and you want to just push everybody in the direction to be in to be good. But there are a lot of people who don't want somebody telling them that, right? Like, I, I'd assume that when you're in the back being like, no, this is the way you should be doing it, there are some guys, you don't have to name names, that don't want yeah. that well you see here's the problem is that I'm right so right. <laughs> it's I mean it doesn't matter it's like you know you can believe anything but the facts are the facts right like uh, no but um, I, I like to think I have a nice way of doing it because what I'm doing is not a, for personal self-interest it's really more about making sure that everybody gets their money's worth right when these people I mean like I know how much it costs to go to a show it's like it's it's just not easy to get a Friday night or a Saturday night to come on the show. So I'm just making sure that what we do here is of the highest level and the highest caliber. And I've operated on the very highest of levels. And I've been around people who operate at the highest levels. And I want to bring that and let these guys know that they're capable of that also. Some of these guys kind of sell themselves short, kind of doing the same thing that I thought I did to myself. Sold myself short. You said, oh, you know, I'm good, but I'm not one of the best. But I look around this locker room. There's guys who say they're good, but they are the best. And... In addition to the egos, we also have false humility, and they're both equally dangerous. And so we just torture and make fun of both both ends of the spectrum. Right. And that kind of balances everybody out. Right, but they never get to exactly where they should yeah, be but mentally. It, you know, but it takes time, and, it, like, you know, sometimes you have to hear it from different sources. Or, you know, something Ricky Steamboat told me nine years ago, he reminded me of it about a month ago in England. And I was like, what? what like, you know, I've been waiting to hear that. What was it? Um... He was ju- he was just talking about how you're moving in the ring um, at certain parts of the match and, and what what I need to do to get a, to pull a connection out of the crowd and he was telling that to the guy that I wrestled and I was like man I needed this reminder because 
you know, as close as you were with people, it's like you don't get it till till your brain's ready to hear it, and then the key fits in the hole, and you can turn the key. And isn't it weird too, like when you realize, because when you're getting the experience, right, you don't know what's happening until you get to the point, like you said, after you left WWE and you started this again, when you're like, oh, like all the experience I've had now lends me to be able to do this. Like you thought you knew something before, yeah. and then you just come to terms with the fact that like, no, you didn't know what you thought you knew before because you know it now. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that wasn't really for me. If anything, I had cases of low self-esteem where I still was like, I can just never figure this out because, I mean, wrestling is just so intricate and the possibilities are infinite yeah. and so I get lost in the like I mean you end up putting okay so a singles match not bad now you do a tag now you got a four man tag now you've got like a ten man tag and it's just all these different like challenges that get thrown at us like for example for tonight mm-hmm. um, on paper I was wrestling Gato yes. uh, a legend from Japan Yes. and as the week happened as we sold out Detroit on a Monday night it's ridiculous. Amazing. I'm telling you, I, I I will continue to brag about that because I just love it that people come out and watch wrestling any day of the week. Yeah, it's it's so cool. And these so what happens is, is all of a sudden the card gets shuffled around, and I end up wrestling a guy like Tanahashi today. But I can't like you can't so you can't in your head have had a bunch of ideas about you're all right, man. It's okay. <laughs> you know, like this is exactly what I'm getting at. You can never you it's you all just roll with it. Yeah, and wrestling is inherently unpredictable. So. When you walk into the ring, you might think you know what's going to happen, but you have no idea until it's going down in the heat of the moment, in that moment where there's, like, no time for thinking. It's just, like, your natural reactions. And, I mean... When uh, did you become comfortable with that idea? Because in the beginning, I'm sure, you want to plan everything, and you want to do whatever you can to make sure it's going to go right. And really, with experience, you realize that the more you try to force it into being what you think is right the more lost you get, right? Yeah, I, you know, I think the, the trouble I found the most was trying to do things other people's way. Right. Um, because I, I just didn't, I, while I could do it, I just didn't really understand, like, so being able to do it, like, being able to do it myself and make my own mistakes. Like, if I go out there and I screw up, it's like, well, th- these were my ideas. I tried. I went for it. We screwed up. Like, I mean, I'm always, like, I, I think people really undervalue the amount of risk wrestlers take every night. Mm-hmm. Literally, we are talking lives on the line. Life's on the line. I mean, everybody from, like, the big guys are flipping yeah. head over heels just like me. You know, we're picking each other up, dropping each other on our heads. I saw the, the this stuff is very high-level, crazy wrestling, and it's something that you have to see live to really to really get. Um, I kind of forgot where we were going with the question. But <laughs> it's, it's all right. I, it's very, very I, dangerous. I, I t- yeah. Well, yeah, I think I was getting at it's dangerous, something about for the I, – I think people just – don't understand like the the risk because obviously we're putting on a show for these people and we yeah. want to give them the best show possible well, and, it, we're, and we're working on that but we can't go out there and we have no like we have probably less of an idea of what's going to happen than the people in the crowd right. they'll say oh I knew that was going to happen oh I knew that was going to happen we didn't know it you was should have let us know it was it was a spontaneous spur of the moment but what we do is like in these moments where you might just make eye contact with the guy across the ring and you just make eye contact and then you just start running at him and you just got to hope he's going to either stay in the pocket because if he fades away on you, you know right. what I mean? And we're just talking just to look and you're going to go run and dive out of the ring, head over heels on some guy. into. I mean, there's there's paths there, but it's also just the ground. Last year, last, last March, I like took a bad fall and almost broke both my wrists. It's miserable. But I mean, like we do crazy stuff like this every single day, night yeah. after night after night after night. Yeah. And I mean, that's I, I was having I that conversation with somebody recently that like, that's one area where I don't think people quite understand how much skill is involved in pro wrestling. 
is the level of improv and communication that you have to have. Like like you said, you have this moment in your mind where you're going to run at this dude, and this dude is just responsible for being like, okay, I see that look in his eyes. I know what he's doing. I have to be ready for whatever it is that he's about to do. Yep, and, and you have to be fully assuming the risk of flipping and just landing on the scene. Right. End, which, I, which I've seen... Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, <laughs> guys just boom cracking their heads open on this. I mean, it's this is just a mad, mad world. And the more you get into it, and the more you know about it, the more fascinating it becomes. Right. Because there's the reality of it all. There's the absurdity of it all. And there's that like the real absurdity, and then like the just the fun stuff. And then there's like the stuff where guys' heads are split open, and there's guys guys being hurt, pretending they're not hurt. Guys hurt, pretending they they are like it. You, that's the beauty of it is it's it's like the early days of the internet you never knew what was true right. and you could never really figure it out because you were going from one angel fire site to the geocity site <laughs> and you couldn't confirm the facts but you, all you could do is like take your eyes and, and just go with that and yeah. you know I, there's there's just wrestling just so much fun to be at so like when you've been obviously been a wrestling fan all your life yeah. now were you obsessive about it as a kid so to say I'm a wrestling fan my whole life, I, I you know, as kids we loved to play the Steiner Brothers, but um, we didn't really have cable, so when wrestling started to get popular again in, you know, end of the 90s, early 2000s, we would have to go to friends' houses to watch Raw, and I, I became, like, we actually went and rented all the VHSs from the local Blockbuster, Blockbuster and the local grocery store, went and got all the VHSs, and that's kind of my introduction to WWE, or WWF stuff. Really? Yeah. Is watching, like, the pay-per-views on yeah, rented videos. Yeah, all old Royal Rumbles. So, like, I loved all the jobber characters that would be in the Royal Rumbles, because to me, they were all the exact same. I never watched any weekly programming right. or anything like that. Um, You're like, what happened and, to Saba Simba? Yeah. And yeah. Then, I mean, and from there, like, all I wanted to do was go in the back. Like, I just wanted to go wrestle my friends. Like, I liked watching it, but I just wanted to do it. And then, then we oh, got... Oh, that's interesting. So you were never, like... You wouldn't say you were obsessed with watching it as much as you've always just been obsessed with doing it. Yeah, and when I became more obsessed with watching it is when I was started doing it in my backyard, and I was trying to, like, VHS record in slow motion how a Tilt World Headsets just happened. Because it just happened so fast. And, I mean, like, we're talking... You can't... You couldn't get on YouTube to check it out in high quality. Right. And, and then I started... Then I eventually found out about tape trading and started getting tapes from Japan and... All the craziest death matches you've ever seen. Yeah. I've seen, I mean, like, and I've lived through a lot of these death matches back in my early days of wrestling. When I started, I was just a 17 year old kid in the middle of Missouri in the death match days. It was just like, I would go out there, wrestle, come to the back, and then the next match would go out there, smash light tubes on a guy. The next match was a Caribbean barbed wire, or Caribbean spider net barbed wire death match, which is just a met, like a, a giant net of barbed wire. Oh, I, and, yeah. You know? These are the, I mean, these are we the things that got me into wrestling. <laughs> we probably traded tapes at some yeah. point because, like, I had just this giant tape trading website and literally still at my parents' house, thousands of VHS tapes, and it was all the deathmatch stuff and all God, the... I, I wish I was the collector. That's this thing, like, for me, like, I don't really... I hardly remember my matches. I don't, I don't do a lot of collecting or, like... I have, like, my backyard wrestling tapes, basically, are all vanished. There's a few hanging around or, like, a, some clips here and there. Like, my Angel Fire, my, my Backyard Wrestling Angel Fire website does still exist. I think there's, like, some gifts on it of, like, me doing a swan ton. Yeah. But um, it's just, man, when you think about, like, when you think about going from tape trading with you to Instagram, I mean, that covers a lot of time, but that covers, like, a lot of life, too. And so while I've, like, I've grown up in wrestling, um, I sort of feel like it, I was not in the real world when I was in this wrestling world for sure. so long. And then coming out of WWE, I got to be a real human again. And I feel like getting to round out 
myself because I wasn't just on the grind, barely making, like, all I was trying to do was figure out how I'm getting to the next town, how I'm going to stay awake long enough to check into my hotel, to wake up early enough to go to the gym, to get to Raw, to do these things. Like, I was always playing, I always felt like I was playing catch-up. Sure. And now I've been able to slow time down a little bit, hit hit the slow motion button, and... Which, by the way, is moving still at a pretty good pace. Like, your slow motion is, like, people's just life. Right. Yeah. And, and I didn't realize the, the redlining uh, effect that I was having and to realize, like, the, how much joy I can take in not work. I mean, my whole life, they, people, everybody told me, you got to work harder, work harder. If you want to achieve stuff, work harder. It, it's way more about working smarter, uh-huh. I found. And just putting your nose down and just grinding it out is not always the smartest thing. Sometimes it's better to actually pause, step back, and see things from a different perspective, like a less myopic view yeah. of things. Because when you're in the thick of it, like we were talking about earlier, when you're in the thick of it, when you're in the match, you can't see the outside perspective. So it's easy to come to the back and tell these guys how their match could be better. Or sure. I can look back and see a squandered opportunity after squandered opportunity. But the point is, you know, by realizing it, it helps me kind of like get over it rather than it being like this stuck up on like lost opportunity or like, you know, whatever, knowing that I should be a millionaire right now. I should be sitting in front of you with a regardless of not of whether I'd wear a suit or not, be able to be able <laughs> afford to afford the sweetest yeah. the sweetest Italian yeah. Claudio Castagnoli <laughs> kind of suit we're talking about. But you know what I mean? Like it's it's a beautiful thing and I'm not like I don't get hung up on it. Yeah. Like um like I think I sometimes I sort of think I should be, but I, I really am I'm loving what I'm doing now and I never got like first of all I never got into wrestling thinking I would make any money. You bring that up a little the mic. Yeah, yeah, I never, I never got into wrestling. Hey, look down here. <laughs> oh, I've been gotten with that before. No, but I never got into wrestling to make a buck. I just did it for fun, and then I started tricking people into paying me. And I was like, oh, this is way better than working. And so I just kind of right. followed through with that. But it was sort of like, you know, kind of an aimless like the flow had directed me in whatever direction. And I'm naturally like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and I know that for sure. Wrestling but or this type of wrestling. Do, Creating my own content. Yes. Being, like, do, um, when, because it, I don't just do wrestling. That That's not just what satisfies me. I love performing, and I have, like, believe me, if I don't go out there and have that crazy adrenaline rush, I'll find it in some other way. Or, like, I'll need, like, I'll need to exercise those demons sure. out of me. I have to do that. But, like, being a part of what goes on here, the vibe, the flow, like, the real heart of the business, you can feel the blood pumping through here. Like, I mean, when I came back, I, I got to finally get to be on shows with my brother, who is one of the most inspiring pro wrestlers you'll ever be around. We're talking one of the hardest working and smartest working guys. All these guys are, and they like they remind me of my past hunger and the like I see mistakes that I've made in them and I'm I get a chance to like kinda help them not do as poor of a you know, not make the same mistakes that I have. But also by watching them, by, by seeing myself in these guys, I also see, you know, I see all the potential and I being, being on these shows is really special because I got to fall back in love with wrestling again. And that, that actually yeah. happened at a PWG show, but I wasn't sure I was even going to continue wrestling just because my foot's really, I mean, my foot's a mess. If you saw it, it looks like there's a golf ball growing out of my foot. It's, uh. it's really a wreck, but I can't, I can't not do it. I can't get away. And I mean, I, I still have so much to do. I have so much to accomplish. It's my first year being in the best of the Super Juniors at New Japan this year. And 
back in 90, when I got that tape from 94. Right. That's what I wanted to do. So the kind of thing was I kind of got sent to WWE because everybody told me that was their dream and it should have been mine too. But I don't think it ever really was. I always saw myself as being a champion in Japan and that's what I'm doing right now. And I'll tell you what, I, I, it feels incredible. And I know it's wrestling and, and being a champion is being a champion, but I'll tell you what, I earned that. And yeah. I know without a shadow of a doubt, that's a token of my work right there and I'm proud to show it off. Does it shake your confidence at all when you're in WWE? Because it seems like WWE uses guys like you as an attraction. Like they say, we've got the guy who can do amazing flips off the rope. We've got the world's strongest man. We've got these hot twins. And then here's your main event. And it's like, when you're an attraction, that's what you'll be, and that's your spot, and blah, blah, blah. And then, like, I feel like that's kind of, Neville's kind of taken over that spot now, whereas we both know before Neville was in WWE, he was doing kind of what you're doing in the sense that he was, if not in the main event, one of the names on the top of the bill. So, like, for example, Neville, like, when I was there at the debut of that NXT pay-per-view, yes. whatever that one was, he was in the main event probably. I'm, ter- I'm terrible at this. But I know he was in the, He was the match, right? Right, right, right. And they, they were like, you know, I know this is a big deal, blah, blah, blah. And he's just sitting there. He's cool and collected. He's done 10,000 10 times. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's just, he's just going out there and having another match. And it's a big deal for WWE because NXT is hot. It's on fire. It's growing. They're heavily invested in it. But the guys, they're, the guys they're using are naturals. The guys they're using are pros. They're not going to get nervous under these conditions. It's just, totally. This is just, I mean, it's a piece of cake for them. Um, as far as being an attraction, like, I, I don't think that's a bad thing because that's the way wrestling works. There's, a, there's only so much room for the guys on top. The, the way wrestling really works is wrestling's always been a traditional family business. Mm-hmm. As No matter how big or small it gets, the main storylines are always going to be family-driven, and that's... That's why so many indies pop up because people want it to be their story. So if you want to tell your story and you want to be in control of it, you have to be somewhere where you can take the you can take the reins. And at WWE, you kind of acquiesce the power to the top, and they put on great shows. They're like a great record label, and they put out a lot of great records. But in the end, it's all going through one producer essentially. So all the sounds, they all have to come through the same producer, regardless of if the producer is trying to make the sounds with different people. It's not like the self-created art that you experience at Ring of Honor in New Japan. We're talking guys who are going out there and making mistakes and taking risks, and, and but they're not being second-guessed. And the ma- like the magic that happens. I mean, Kyle O'Reilly and Kushida. Did you see that? Yes. What? What? Now there's you can't these matches. That's the one. The point is you can't plan it. You can't organize. It, you can't tell the guy in the booth we're going to be over here at this point. You can just hope they get it. In Japan, the camera guys in WWE they they pay for their own camera guys. They pay for their own whole crew, and we do that in the U.S. In Japan, it's just the, the same crew that shoots this, the baseball game. Really, they come in and they shoot the wrestling. They have they're not in on one iota of it, and they don't want to be. It's so just, just like a building crew. It's just, yeah, like a yeah. local crew. Like in Osaka, we have the Osaka TV show. In Tokyo, we have the Tokyo ones. The Osaka guys shoot differently than the Tokyo crew. But it's happened to us n- a number of times where, you know, me and Ricochet are going left and right and nobody can keep up. And so we both go do something and the cameras missed us both because they thought we were going one way. So wh- the effect we were trying to have on the audience, we actually got the camera guys too. Yeah. But it's, but it's, it's very interesting being out there with them and they, like, you know, you're on the floor and they don't know to get out of the way. Like, somebody's running down trying to kick somebody and there's like seven camera guys in the way. It's just, it's it's different. And the, the thing with wrestling is, is there's no right way or wrong way to do it. Right. There's It's a gigantic pie, and people like different things. I love all of it. Like I said, I got hooked on death matches. Right. On watching guys slice each other ear to ear and just bleed all. Thrown in the pit of piranhas. This is just who I was as a kid. I needed that in my life. Like, 
I needed that blurred reality line. I mean, we get it all and now in reality shows. Wrestling was like the straight-up original reality show, OG, real, real people going out there doing a produced live event in front of you and with just the same, like, terror of every reality show of something crazy is going to happen. And It's a pioneer in the entertainment format. And I like anybody who's never seen wrestling live has just got to come out and totally and see it. And especially if you see it on, like, the same way you see your favorite bands, man. They might sound really good in the arena or at the amphitheater, but, man, do they sound good in that intimate venue. And this is the most world, like, this is the most world-class stuff you're ever going to see in a rinky-dink building. I mean, like, you're getting world-class brought to you, brought to your door here. Like, Ring of Honor fans are so spoiled. We get these new, these new Japan guys, I mean, they are absolutely top legends. In fact, I'll be honest with you, I'm rambling on, but I've got a... A huge match tonight uh-huh. against Hiroshi Tanahashi, who is a guy on these tapes when he was a young boy that I was watching. Yes, I mean he's he's a little bit older than me in this business, but he is in his, he is in his prime, and he's a guy high flyer, but he's a massive man because all wrestlers are incredible athletes. I mean, I can't figure out if I'm here to promote everybody else or myself, Sam. Because I mean, we, you you already mentioned that you, I follow you on Instagram, but can I please say my Instagram thing? It's say like, everything. It's at Matt Seidel, M A T S Y D A L. Please follow me. I love interacting with everybody on Instagram. That's like my favorite form of social media. You love it. You know, I I just really enjoy the simplicity. Yeah, the post a photo, da-da-da. We can do it. Like, we can make, you know, but I try and keep my dates up there of where I'm going, what I'm doing. I mean, I'm taking off for Japan on Wednesday. I'm Like I said, I'm, I'm hustling, but it's a good grind, and I'm I'm loving it. But it's, it's a way for people to keep up with the shows and everything. What do you tell a guy like Ricochet who, you know, he's one of the handful of guys around the world right now that people go, okay, who's next to NXT? Who's next to WWE? Ricochet's name always comes up. Do you tell him, like, dude, do everything you can here and, like, create yourself? Or do you tell him... Okay, well, so here's the problem. I am extremely biased in this case. Ricochet is the current IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion with me. (laughs) Now, if I'd have known we were doing this interview a little bit longer ago, I'd have had the belt over my shoulder (laughs) the entire time because I wear that with pride, okay? So Ricochet's my partner, so what the hell I want him to go to NXT? Right. He's incredible, and he'll kill it there. He'll become a a famous wrestling star there. If he stays with Lucha Underground, he'll become a super famous wrestling star there. If he stays with New Japan and Ring of Honor or or does whatever he wants, by the time it's all said and done, he's going to go down, it's going to be like within the Rey Mysterio echelon of humans to ever step in the ring. He's that good. I mean, he and I both came from the Dragon Gate pedigree, yes. where you learn how to be absolutely insane in the ring. I mean, like, how to be insane every single night. Like, um, I, there's so many similarities, so I want him to have that opportunity to work with the guys at WWE because there's so many geniuses and brilliant minds. Yeah. But what he does right now is genius and brilliant, and the stuff he's doing at Lucha Underground is incredible and groundbreaking and new and I don't know how the hell he can decide. I don't know how he'll ever decide because there's not one company on on earth that wouldn't mortgage their company to get him to sign. But he's going to succeed wherever he's at, so he might as well succeed as your tag team partner. I is what you're saying. More. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think we've got a long life ahead of us. I, I like to think what Ricochet's doing now, I think we'll be tagging for at least another year or two before anything changes. After that, I mean, I don't like doing anything for more than a year or two. Yeah. You know, well, I, like, nothing's permanent. And even if Ricochet goes to WWE, he'll come back in a couple years. I mean, like, when I left, like, I'm telling you, I didn't see Mark or Jay Briscoe for probably six years. I came back, I saw them, it was like we picked off just where we left off. I mean, 
There's incredible guys in this business. Yeah. And for, for the wrestlers, we're just lucky to have foundations that let us come together and hang out on the weekends. Whether it's PWG, Ring of Honor, New Japan, WWE, NXT, it's just the boys getting together and kicking it. And then that's what's creating the good content is, is the network of the guys here committed to um, a universal product that we're putting out there. Because the guys, everybody from everywhere has wrestled each other. Sure. There's no, because of, because of technology, the price of travel, we are all connected. Well, the, and the promotions work well together now, too. Back in the day, you couldn't even work the, the GCW and MRW. <laughs> the, the local feds at 10 miles apart were feuding with each other rather than oh, helping yeah. each other. Well, now in England, you've got all these hot federations. We're talking these, York Hall sells out in this middle of London, this beautiful building, 2,000 people, sold out, crazy fans. Well, they're working with the promotion down in Portsmouth that draws a couple thousand, and they're working with the company up north that draws a couple thousand. And people are realizing that the more we work together, the right. better this product's going to be because we're all, we're all selling music, but we just all have different songs and dances. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, I want everybody's song and dance to get out there. I, I just wish more people could get eyes on what I enjoy, you know, and that's, that's why I was happy to get this chance to talk to you because I want people to check out all my stuff, which I enjoy, or it actually terrorizes me when I watch it, but I hope they enjoy it, and you got to love my friends wrestling because they're incredible. All these guys at Ring of Honor. I mean, if you haven't seen Jay Lethal or Jay Briscoe, my God. Is there anybody who you worked with in WWE that you really want to have a chance to work with in this scenario well i'd say the the guy no because I, I everybody seems like everybody acts like we had handcuffs in wwe but that's just malarkey you're only li like you're only held down by yourself i mean mm. and that's the reality of the situation you're yourself and eventually like what the piece of paper says but no matter what the piece of paper says you're in control of your of everything except for one little piece i mean uh so who would i like to wrestle i missed i mentioned him earlier claudio cesaro yeah when I got hurt, he got hired. I got fired. He was here, and we crossed paths. He was one of my last matches before I went to WWE, and I want just to have that match. I don't care where it happens. I, I, I don't care if it happens in somebody's back in the in the Young Bucks backyard. Right. As long as I get to wrestle him <laughs> one more time, I'm gonna be a happy, happy camper. And the and you know that's just for the good of all. Para el bien de todos. That's for the good of the world. For the right. wrestling gods, just want that to happen. These are the things that need to happen. Like yes. these matches. Like, I mean. The, as as all my friends get better, as we all get better, we've been tearing up this group of guys that runs wrestling right now. We've been tearing it up since 2003, four, five, six. I mean, so that we're putting 10 years on everything, continuing to work hard, continuing to rip it up together against each other. Now you're getting like the fruit of the labors are coming out, and we're happy to show it. Like yeah. I mean, like we want everybody to know we're we're we're, we're knocking down the door. We're like we're we're getting the word out there, and I mean, the the culture of wrestling is able to interact with the culture of humanity today. You know right. what I mean? You don't people don't need to be in the wrestling closet yeah, anymore. You don't absolutely. need to work, like you could like and anybody who has the knee jerk it's fake reaction, there's some hilarious insecurity in them that is like they can't they're they're stuck in that place where they don't know the reality from absurdity and they can't like to think that you can assign words and descriptions to everything. Right. This is a visual art. We have poetry when words fail. Like, if you want to express, like, this is just, I mean, it's theater for guys. When we want to express ourselves, when we go out there, that's what we do. That's why there aren't words the whole time. That's why it's not a play. Right. There's not words for it. Right. Right. Wrestling is the ineffable. And there's this ethereal feeling in this building tonight that you can feel building within. And actually, I can feel myself getting really nervous for this match. So, Sam, I'm going to say thank you so much. I love how excited I got my, I got you are. My, I got my Instagram plug in. Yes, you did. Uh, I, I mean, love that that's what, also the what most... What else can we do, man? I mean, look, you're still excited. This excited about wrestling. 
You got your Instagram plug in. I mean, this is it. You're doing it. You're living the dream, dude. It's a beautiful thing, man. It's a Every day thing. is a dream. Well, thanks for hanging out, man. Thank you. Love it. Appreciate thanks, it. Here is Sam Roberts. Big thanks to Matt for doing the show. Of course, we do follow each other on Instagram, so I'm glad that we got to uh, join up and knock this podcast out. Again, just doing amazing things uh, in Ring of Honor especially. Uh, he's just just great, and I'm so happy that he's as enthusiastic as he is about pro wrestling still. Uh, speaking of being enthusiastic about wrestling, I have a special guest on State of Wrestling this week. Uh, it is Kaz. The man's name is Kaz. He uh, is the co-founder of a website called thestashed.com, uh, and he's one of these guys that really believes in pro wrestling. He's a huge wrestling fan, and he's trying to bring it into the mainstream. So I thought he'd be a perfect guy to join us this week on the State of Wrestling as we talk about a lot. I want to talk about uh, um, Brock Lesnar, of course, because I didn't get to talk about it. I want to talk about some of what happened on Raw. I want to talk about, There's a lot, a lot to go over this week in the world of pro wrestling. So let me bring in Kaz and start this week's State of Wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Welcome to the State of Wrestling, and joining me on the State of Wrestling this week is uh, my new pal Kaz from yeah. uh, thestashed.com. Yes, sir. Yes, the, sir. Now, the Stashed is not its not a, a wrestling website. It's not a wrestling website, but we do cover wrestling. We take wrestling very seriously on the website. Which is almost more valuable, right? Like, yeah. Like, than having another wrestling website is creating sort of a mainstream culture website that treats wrestling as part of the mainstream culture exactly and that's that's how i've always really treated it because you know um obviously like if you go to other websites they always kind of like well they're changing it now i'm mean, like now you go to like complex or rolling stone and like they give it like a little bit of more serious tone but before it used to be like a wink wink nudge nudge don't you know this is fake type right. of thing but yeah we got this this goofy wrestling story that exactly. we gotta show look at this ridiculous video yeah, yeah yeah and it's like basically the only time you know uh wrestling used to get mainstream coverage is if somebody died or something completely nuts happened so right. now that people are actually covering wrestling like as you know as for what it is mm -hmm. you know it's 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 better for everybody it's it's pretty amazing you've been a fan forever? forever 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 i mean like the earliest memories was probably when i was three years old watching like the 90 or the 89 survivor series with like randy Sa was it 89 oh gosh i, I might have dated myself <laughs> yeah, but i i just remember randy savage and bright colors and yelling and i'm like this is awesome yeah. what is this <laughs> isn't that weird that like we've gotten to the point where we're so old that the wrestlers that we're watching yeah grew up watching the same stuff as yeah us. i know and, and it freaks me out yeah. like they'll they'll say that stuff i'm like oh my god i was the same age like, right that's it's weird to real to 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 realize that the guys that wrestle on TV now are either your age or way younger than you. Yeah, which is that. and you're like you know that thing in your head where you're like one day well you that day's passed that day passed you <laughs> like you <laughs> can't you can't get it back anymore it's gone yeah, yeah. when you were thinking about it Seth Rollins actually went out and did it right so, right right it's really awesome but now we could just talk about him now we can talk about <laughs> him perfect. which is way safer I it guess is. so you know and you could do it for way longer exactly it's very true yeah very true yeah and you get most of the same perks you still get to watch a lot of cool wrestling shows and right. not get hurt which right. is nice uh, <laughs> did you have any dips in your wrestling watching any down periods where you did not watch I had around the time when uh i, I want to say 
the the end of the ruthless aggression era when like Triple H and like Evolution were really running stuff. Yeah, I, I want to say the the fat Triple H era. Right, is where I when the, a when lot. when the hair was kind of feathered yeah. down over the suit. Yeah, and he yeah. had the mutton chops and <laughs> yeah. all that type of stuff. That was the area I missed a little bit. So thank, but thanks to the WWE Network, yeah, I can go back and check a lot of that stuff out. But that was like around the time when I was in college, so I missed a lot of that stuff doing college stuff. Yeah, but you know, I, I caught I, I caught up really fast. <laughs> yeah, which tends to happen once you get back into wrestling. It's like I need to see everything now. Yeah, and everything that I missed. Exactly, exactly. It's like, why does this guy matter? Let me go and do my research and see what happened. But yeah. So good. there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about this week besides what happened on Raw. Yeah. The I mean, we'll definitely talk about Brock Lesnar. Okay. Oh, I've been course. aching to talk about Brock Lesnar. Uh, but I want to talk about the. Uh, I don't know if you guys all saw it, but Joey Janela. Yeah, and Danzig did this spot. I I can't remember. It was like a it was like next off? level wrestling. I can't remember exactly what the promotion was. I forgot what it's called too. But, but it was it was it was yeah. It, it, it's gotten a lot of uh, negative. It's gotten both positive and negative attention. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people because what happened was Danzig uh, was the guy who was like the first icon of CZW. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. was like this legendary. American deathmatch wrestler. Gotcha. And they end up doing, and Joey Janela, for those of you who don't know, he's like an East Coast indie guy. Mm-hmm. But he's been doing crazy spots for a couple of years now. Yeah. That's kind of his thing. Yeah, you could kind of, once you once you start seeing like the light poles and like yeah. the glass, then you just know you've entered another realm of crazy. And yeah. that's kind of like his thing. So yeah. I, I've, I've, caught, I've caught a little bit of it. A yeah. little bit. And he loves, he, uh, Janela loves jumping off very high places. Oh, jeez. Very, like the higher the better. You just, he can flip. Yeah. And, and so he figures the higher I go the more flips i can do on the way down <laughs> and i don't know how he's still alive because yeah. the, the spot you're referring to right is i guess he jumped off a roof through some <laughs> light poles that's on fire on the back of a pickup truck and on a table too right? on a table yeah and it's just it's it's one of the the wildest things but but by the way it was it was like a secondary roof. It was like there was a roof, yeah. and then they went to the higher roof. Oh, God. It had to be at least, what, like 50 feet? Yeah. Like, just, oh, it's just. Yeah, it was really tall. Really, really dangerous. But It know. was. It was very dangerous. Uh, uh, I would never do it. No, I would never. I wouldn't occur- I wouldn't encourage anyone to do it. No. Like, if somebody, all, all he needed was one person to be like, yeah, that's probably not a good idea. You probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> but, uh, but at the same time. I felt like there were some people saying, like, this is stupid, it's not wrestling, we shouldn't be cheering it. Yeah. And I was like, you know, it was weird to me that the same debate was going on with the Osprey-Ricochet match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it was like, this isn't wrestling, this is acrobatics. And it's like the people who supported that and said, no, that is wrestling, wrestling's different, were the same people, some of them, not all of them, uh-huh. that were going like, oh, these, these, this is way too dangerous, this isn't wrestling, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and I, I, I tend, I, I want to agree with them, but at mm-hmm. the same time, you know, and this is where this is where the 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 background of running a mainstream site kind of turns into you know this this area. Um, I kind of liken that like the debate of what's real wrestling and what's not real wrestling to like fans who like what's real hip hop, what's not real hip hop. Sure. You know what I mean? Because if you're a fan of hip hop, you could appreciate like if I'm a guy who just loves Rakim, I yeah. can still appreciate Young Thug and I can still appreciate Lil Yachty for what they do. Same thing with right. with pro wrestling for me. You like, could be a guy who is so into lyrics and like yeah. and 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 then still 
And I'll still Even, go to a, like a Waka Flocka show right. and just watch them just mosh out and do that. And, or you're and, trying to figure out what the lyrics to Panda mean. Yeah. And you realize exactly. they don't mean anything. <laughs> they don't mean anything. They don't mean anything. It's just, it's just to be entertained. It's, right. it's, a, it's supposed to be a spectacle. It's supposed to be fun. That's kind of the same thing with wrestling. Like right. I can appreciate a Matt classic like Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero or an acrobatic extravaganza like Ricochet and Osprey, and I can still appreciate some nut jumping off a roof right. <laughs> through glasses and, and tables or whatever. And and I guess the argument would be, well, if we don't cheer it, they won't put their bodies on the line and blah, blah, blah. But I really don't want to be the uh, conscience yeah. of wrestling. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be the guy who's like, no, I have to stop this from happening. And here's the thing. We won't stop it from happening. No. It's, it's, it's never going to stop because yeah. here's the thing about pro wrestling. The one thing that people are always going to go for is the high, the higher the spot. So there's always going to be somebody who's going to try and outdo that. Oh, yeah. So like once that once the the once the boundaries were set or once I guess once the bar was set when when Mick Foley got tossed off the hell in the cell mm-hmm. and how that's still replayed 15 20 years later over and over it's in the signature of the WWE um intros and all that type of stuff. People are always going to try to top that. Right. Like, and you, it's interesting because, like, cause it, so that's my opinion of it is it's all wrestling. Yeah. And you can like or dislike certain parts of it, but to discredit certain genres as not legitimate is like, if that's none of it's legitimate. Exactly. Yet. There's 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 no legitimacy to it, period. If that's if that's the way you go to right. look at it. Or it's all legitimate. It's all yeah. this sort of storytelling weird art form that takes shapes and. It's half, and, it's half drama. It's half storytelling. It's half acrobatics. It's half daredevils. It's right. half. And these are the daredevils. And these are the daredevils. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, these are the, these are the, the Mick Foley and Terry Funk disciples. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but it is interesting because you're talking about like Mick Foley and Terry Funk and we, and. You know, the idea of hardcore wrestling is not really at all in vogue anymore. No, no. And, and, but I think it's because people are smarter yeah. to what concussions do and long-term damage to things. And I think in the 90s, it was a bunch of stuff that really hadn't been done on that level before. Mm-hmm. And then we all see what it did to people as they got older, and it was not good. It wasn't good, definitely. But now you've got a, a, a generation after that that's like, wow. Oh. Fuck it. Screw it. You yeah, know, we're yeah. trying to get we're trying to get our names out there. Like, I, and, and that's the kind of the thing that I could see why these young guys that do it do it because you know Mick Foley, for all you know, for the lovable, huggable guy he is now, he was that crazy guy back then. He's yes. like, yo, you're gonna get me. I'm gonna get noticed whether you like it or not. I gotta yeah. compete with Stone Cold, The Rock, Triple H, The Undertaker, all these large than life people. I have to do something to get myself noticed. And these are this is probably the same thing that these guys were thinking. They were like, okay, I gotta compete with the WWE Network. I gotta de- compete with New Japan. I gotta compete with wrestling is everywhere right now. What yeah. am I gonna do? I'm jumping off a building. And some flaming, and it and it worked. And they're on ESPN. Yeah, it worked. They were on ESPN yesterday. They were on the highly questionable with, with Bomani Jones and Dan Levitard. So, do you think there's a possibility of? I mean, I kind of don't, especially mm. maybe on a niche, 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 niche level. Yeah. But do you think there's any possibility of hardcore wrestling coming back anytime soon on Abs- any sort of mainstream level? Absolutely not. Not a ma- not, not at a mainstream right. level. Hell right. no. Hell no. I think they'll definitely be. I mean, we have the internet now where you could create your own type of if, – if you have enough money, you can stream whatever content you want and sure. figure it out. But there's no way. Mm-hmm. The WWE, no way. No. 
No. Hell no. After after Benoit and 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 Mick and everything and just concussions and dude, they outlawed the curb stomp. Like, there's no <laughs> way. There's no way they're bringing that right. type any type of hardcore stuff back. So I it's, think that's it's right. Awful. And I think it's and and also I think WWE sometimes gets a bad rep for being PG or whatever it is. Yeah. But I think the and you could say the same thing about the Attitude Era. WWE tends to be a reflection of mainstream society mm-hmm. in the sense that, like, when the Attitude Era was launched, the most popular shows on TV were Jerry Springer yeah. and Jackass. And yeah. Beavis and Butthead was still cool, and South Park was as outrageous as it's ever been. And, mm-hmm. you know, Howard Stern was the biggest thing in radio, and he had naked women on all the time. And <laughs> Very it true. Was, and, get, and today, now Howard you... Stern's on America's Got Talent. Exactly. And, and everything has become sort of – all the edges have been rounded. Definitely. And people are just more comfortable with it. Yeah, and and I think, you know, what people are kind of upset about the PG era is that and not for nothing, like, you know, to to kind of like take a little bit away of the subject, like you got to give credit to a lot of the guys are in the PG era because there are some people who could not have ever been successful in this era right now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it's a lot easier. Like obviously you do radio and you do you've done tons of media. Like it's way easier to say, "Oh well, fuck it," and curse than it is to right. keep people entertained and be mindful that this kid's in the crowd and be mindful that this is a publicly traded company and be mindful of all these other things. Where I guess back then they were just telling Austin, "All right, just go do what you do, Austin." And, you know, yeah. just don't say the F word. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. that's, that's it. And if it means doing four flips and ending up in the fourth row and kicking a fan in the head or whatever, yeah. whatever it is. Whatever. Whatever yeah. you got to do. And and on top of that, I think, you know, you have to owe a lot of that stuff to not the WWE not really having a real competitor anymore. You know what I mean? Like, back then, the Attitude Era was made out of necessity. Yeah. They were getting their ass kicked by WCW, and they had a billionaire's money to spend back right. then. So they, And they were putting on edgy content, too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They, 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 without WCW, that era that with NWO, there's no DX, and there's mm-hmm. no Attitude Era to begin with. So, you know, there, there's a reason why they... We're like, fuck it. We got to do whatever we need to do to yeah. beat these guys in their ratings. Now that there's no real competition, and in many, you know, for many, for many people, the only show in town, as far as mainstream wrestling is concerned, mm-hmm. they can afford to be PG. They can afford to, you know, do that because you know what? Every year they got to fill up a football stadium, and if they can't do that, then that's when they're in trouble, right? You know, so if it means getting kids in there, getting old people in there. And not cursing and making sure that this is a family-friendly environment, then I totally get why they've gone PG and stayed PG. What do you think of the storytelling right now? Because I think the two things, the two big parts of Raw, aside from Teddy Long's comeback, mm-hmm. were... Um, Which, uh, you know, I, I love Teddy Long. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was... <laughs> Cringeworthy at times. <laughs> so awkward <laughs> when he's awful. in there being like, "This is the dollar." <laughs> oh, just, just rubbing that one dollar bill for as yeah, long as right? that person's. At, oh, oh God, Teddy. God bless Teddy. He's a Teddy. legend. He deserves better. He deserves <laughs> he, better. He loves being on TV, though. He loves that shine. <laughs> yes, he does. Whatever you need, guys. Um, but the, so the two biggest stories right now are obviously Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and AJ and John Cena. Yeah, and I feel like in both those instances. They've done a thing where, and they've taken criticism a lot more on the Seth Rollins end than on the AJ end. Yeah. But they're doing something where they're creating obvious traditional heels and baby faces, you know, good guys and bad guys. Because if you watch, like, the montages, they did it from the two perspectives. Yeah. And obviously, because when they said they were going to do that, I was like, oh, that's interesting 
Is this going to be the Seth Rollins from the documentary? Because the Seth Rollins in the documentary was not a bad guy. Exactly. Was... And and that was that was my whole issue with it. You know, like, obviously, and, and don't get me wrong. Seth is probably pound for pound the most talented guy in, in the company. I think so. And he could be a great heel. And I think they're still scratching the surface on his babyface stuff, That I'm, even though they might never fully scratch it. Uh-huh. But when they put out the documentary... And the day before, you know, he's he's being like a half heel and saying, I don't care if you boo me, cheer me. I didn't need you. I burned the fan mail. And then literally two segments later, it's like the epic comeback. <laughs> and it's like, all right, good luck trying to boo this guy who, yeah. just, who just happens to be a lifelong wrestling fan and tore his leg in a million pieces. And- literally, I mean, I watched the documentary. I've seen every documentary they've ever done. Yeah. And I watched that one and I was like, yep, Seth Rollins my favorite wrestler of all time. By far. Yeah. By far. Like, it's like, how I'm like, how do I hate this guy now? Right. Like, all he wants to do is is get the title back that he never lost. Right. Uh, he came back from a, a awful, awful injury. I mean, when a guy comes out of the comes out of his surgery, yeah. still on drugs, and instead of doing like a David at the dentist video, he cuts a promo. It's like, come on, he's cutting a promo <laughs> high out of his mind, and like, and then he just passes out after. Yeah, it. and it's like this guy lives and breathes this thing. Where I mean, I don't get me wrong, I'm pretty sure Roman Reigns lives and breathes it too. Mm-hmm. But you know. We've seen, I mean, people who follow wrestling have seen Seth Rollins slash Tyler Black and slash whatever he was called. Like, we've seen him from, like, like Wrestling Society X. That right. was on MTV. You right. know what I mean? Like, he's done this his entire life. And by the way, the when they talk about Roman Reigns in his documentary, yeah. they're like, he wanted to play football his entire <laughs> exactly. life. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, he didn't quite make the Vikings. Or we were just like, all right, well, let's let's. Give the family business a try, yeah. you know. Um, so, and and obviously, I mean, it's it's in his blood too. So I can't I can't knock a guy for following the family business, right? But you know, how can you boo the guy who's was a pretty damn good champ? He saved a WrestleMania the year before. He where did save that WrestleMania. Roman, what they were as as the if you thought the boos were bad this year when Roman won, oh my god! Yeah, if Brock didn't resign and Roman was. They were going to just put the belt on Roman right then and there, right in the midst of Daniel Bryan mania. It's true. If, you, if you, I was there. Yeah, me and too. People, yeah. yeah. And you know them. People walked into that WrestleMania. They bought tickets, walked into the stadium saying, this is going to be the worst WrestleMania mm-hmm. of all time. Mm-hmm. And we all left. And said, "This, this was, was the amazing. best WrestleMania ever." <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I remember that weekend going into it because you remember last year, everyone was worried about Brock's contact contract situation, yes. and he was still the champ. So we we're like, "Okay, he's probably going to go to UFC. He's probably going to drop the belt." And you know, it, it's Roman time, so we just might as well just get used to it. So you know, when when Seth's music hits, like. I, I was sitting next to Wale and a few other people that at that WrestleMania and Emilio Sparks. Yeah, and the the reaction of him sprinting full black like I don't I mean obviously everybody's seen like the gif by now and the footage of him sprinting full blast down to that arena, but I have never been around anything that loud. It was amazing. Oh my gosh! Like. It, it it was it was it was I'm getting goosebumps thinking about yeah. it now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's one of those things where, yeah, we just saw you lose to Randy Orton a few hours ago, but who fucking cares? Right. It's about to be awesome, you know? Right. And, and then was- and even by the way, that made it even better because like he's holding the belt, and then as a wrestling fan, your mind starts going, wait. Randy Orton deserves a title shot, yeah. but so does Roman Reigns. But Brock Lesnar gets a rematch. But and there's so many things now, and it's like, wow, he just saved, like he just saved the the show, yeah. you know. And 
it, it, and that's that's the thing like with how they're how they're portraying it now it's like how can you possibly boo this guy and why are you trying to make us boo this guy well i feel like and maybe this is and i've said this before and it might be optimistic on my part mm-hmm. but i feel like wwe first of all they've structured their company in a way that like is not what it was when we were growing up yeah. like like the idea of what it means to be the champion or the guy or whatever you want to call it yeah it's not the same as it was when we were growing yeah, up yeah no like, being the, need... being the WWE champion does not mean you're the top guy anymore no it really doesn't but you got to look good on the today show yeah you got to be able to do that you got like there's it, it's this whole breadth of of stuff mm-hmm. that doesn't have anything to do with what's in the ring no it's um, like it's it's the you got to sell lunchboxes treatment like yeah. if you could sell lunchboxes you can be the champion yeah <laughs> you yeah know? so i but i i feel like the the wwe in response to knowing that that's what they need to do have decided remember when the attitude era first started and yeah. vince mcmahon did his shades of gray promo yeah but it never really was shades of gray it was just the bad guys were the good guys the good guys were the bad guys mm-hmm. it wasn't we, still we knew who we were cheering we knew of who course we were doing. of course i feel like now is when they're actually delivering shades of gray and i i don't know for the better or worse mm-hmm. i don't think that they actually intend to get the entire crowd to cheer Roman Reigns and the entire crowd to boo Seth Rollins. No. I feel like they're presenting Seth Rollins and AJ Styles as the quote-unquote bad guys, which means the hardcore fans are going to cheer cheer for them. Yeah. And they're presenting Roman Reigns and John Cena as the quote-unquote good guys, which means... We're going to boo them. Yeah, and the kids are going to cheer for them. But, I mean, I I, I totally agree with that, but I have two points. The first point is... Sorry about that. No. The first point is... um, John Cena's getting cheered, you know, well, like he, it's the, he, the last two promos. Yeah, the injury comeback. Great. Yeah, and last night's promo, incredible, fantastic, you know. And on top of that, John Cena had that whole year of goodwill that he rebuilt with the fans with the, with US, the U.S. title, title open thing. challenge. Yeah. So it was going to be hard to boo him anyway. It's like, okay, well, why did we boo John Cena in the first place? Like, okay, well, we're, he's, <laughs> he's kind of force yeah. fed us. Oh. He's, he's being force fed us through the, you know, like through, for for years where we just didn't think he was deserving. So John Cena's like, all right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn myself into a mid card workhorse and put on <laughs> the best match so smart. every single Monday. Yeah. And I dare you to boo me. Right. And you couldn't. Like right. he he got. Okay, like AJ said, well, we buried guys after you faced them. Look at Kevin Owens. Right. Kevin Owens is still a star. Look at Cesaro. He's in the best position he's been in Look since. at Stardust. Star- well, that's, uh, that's, 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 that's not as good of an example. But there's other. Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. Sami exactly. Zayn. <laughs> he came in and, like, he, he got them immediately. He was immediately treated like a big deal as yeah. soon as he came in. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He didn't get, like, the... Uh, the 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 Fandango not Fandango the uh, Tyler Breeze treatment right where you're awesome in NXT but you know not so much not so much in the main roster but here's the interesting thing about John Cena right now yeah and this is what really helped me really understand that I think this is what they're going for where there's two sides here yeah and I think the quote unquote new era is not necessarily for it's the new era is for the hardcores I yeah. think because John Cena. When he came back, not this week, but the week before, the part of his promo that really hit me was when he goes, I keep hearing about the new era and how it's the future. Well, he said something to the effect of, if you want to get to the future, you're going to have to get through me. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, that's like, this man is standing in the ring right now saying, 
I know everybody wants progress, but if you want progress and it means without me, you're going to have to kill me. It's not happening. I'm I'm here to stop everything. And I'm like, that's a bad guy thing to do. It is a bad guy thing because everybody – it's basically saying like who's who's been the champion of the new era? Since it's since that's been the thing, Shane McMahon, right? Like he's been right. the guy saying and who's like, been cheered more than Shane and who's McMahon. nobody's yeah. cheered more than this guy. Right. So it's like, all right, well, what what's going to happen when Shane gets back from quote unquote vacation, right? And him and Cena finally face off, or what's going to happen when guys like Shinsuke Nakamura gets called up, right? Or Finn Balor, or any of these guys? Like there, it's been a running topic where you know you get called up. Or you're like an indie darling. Right. Or you're a great workhorse. You go against Cena. Like, Cena wants to work with you. Like, right. he wanted Cesaro. He wanted Owens. He wanted, um, I guess, AJ Styles. Right. And, you know, it's you, and it's one of those things where, like, when we see it happen, the initial, okay, I'm going to attack Cena and start this feud thing is awesome. And everybody cheers it. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, he's going to get one win. And then... And then what? And then he's going to go back to the line like everybody else. Uh-huh. That's why the whole, that's why the initial Kevin Owens run was so awesome. Right. Because he came in, he dropped Cena in the middle of the ring, called his shot, and then beat him at, what was it, Battleground? I or think Money so. About- Whatever the first pay-per-view. Beat him at, at that yeah. first pay-per-view. And we were like, holy shit. Yeah. It really is a new, like, Kevin Steen just pinned John Cena, John Cena, on, a Cena on a pay-per-view. And then like. Not even a half hour later, they announced the rematch, <laughs> and we're just like, oh, okay. okay. Oh, yeah. But just, that moment, you know, I'll always we have had that, that moment. moment. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Kevin Owens is still is not buried. Oh no, by not any at all. He's he's by far like the you know outside of the obvious Dean Ambrose winning the Money in the Bank briefcase. I think he's my next best guy to to get it. So that's where it. you think, uh, and, and so 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 to kind of wrap up the last point. Yeah. that's how I feel. Like I feel like WWE does not want this idea that hardcore wrestling fans like us, mm-hmm. they know exactly who we're going to cheer for and boo. Yeah. And, boo. Like, yeah. and, and there's a lot of hardcores in the audience. And I think that WWE, it's not, they're not reading the audience wrong. No. They're just saying, okay, all you hardcore fans, you're going to have to cheer the bad guys then. Yeah, they're at, because- the, they're at the point where, like, and, they, and they're making no bones about it. They don't care about if you cheer for the guy they want you to cheer for or boo for the guy they want you to boo for. They just want reactions. Yeah. So if they're doing anything, right? They want to... that. Let's go, Cena. Cena sucks. Yes. Let's go, Cena. AJ Styles. They want Roman engagement. Reigns. Let's go, Rollins. Roman Reigns. That's what they want. That's all they want. They just right. want engagement. They don't give a shit about Roman's supposed to be the good guy. You're right. giving him a bad time. They don't care if you boo him out the building. Great. If you cheer for whoever is going against yeah. him, great. I think the era of like bad guys don't sell T-shirts is over. Oh, wait! Everybody over. sells T-shirts. Everybody, yeah. everybody. Kevin Owens sells a ton of T-shirts. He sells you shorts. Know? He sells... You can buy Kevin Owens shorts. He's the biggest <laughs> bad guy in the company. He insults every city there is. Yeah, and you could buy his shorts. Of course, of course. <laughs> like he's he's and and it's because those fans that are 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 just gotten. A little bit more vocal and smarter and the older audience they're just they gravitate to him because of that yeah because not just because he's the bad guy because he's their guy mm-hmm. you know what i mean like and it's and it, and i think it's great and you know to my second point with the shades of gray yes i think right after um right after wrestlemania they 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 laid it on the table with the whole i'm not a good guy i'm a bad guy that's it i'm, I'm the, the guy. guy you know what i'm saying and at first i just thought it was just something he just came off the top of the head but once they started like Making it a thing and saying it over and over, I'm like, oh, okay. And it's like, and it's subtlety, and it's well, it even started before. I'll tell you when it started. Started uh-huh. it was when he started coming down the aisle, yeah, instead of through the crowd, yeah. And then it, he stopped 
pounding people, even mm-hmm. when he was coming down the aisle. Like he doesn't interact with the fans when he comes down. Doesn't the aisle. need to. It right. Doesn't need to. Which and I think is the right right kind of twist. It's definitely the right thing to him. do. Like and obviously, you know, there's there's other things that people have their qualms about Roman Reigns. Is if it's still like stupid stuff like oh he needs to change his music and he needs to stop wearing the shield gear and all this I'm like shut up that's minutia nobody cares yeah. but you know it's little subtle things like him coming down the aisle is is way you know better yes. than you know the cool we're going to come out the crowd with the outsiders type of thing that the shield was all about right so what makes it really cool for roman now is and the reason why i'm on the lowest of keys a roman reigns mark is because <laughs> he has that he has that 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 demeanor about himself where if he doesn't talk much yeah. and he just gives you that that snarl that like yo i know i'm the shit type of like the i i called him an athletically ambitious big daddy cool diesel you yeah. know like if he did like he's kevin nash with quads you know? <laughs> so i figured they have the same exact swagger yeah and demeanor and, and let me just, tell you let me tell you a seven foot man that vince mcmahon loved yes Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> he was the man for them. And he, he shoehorns Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart right out of there. It's like, this seven-foot guy? No. We're going to bring him right I here. I love that. Diesel is, Diesel is the forgotten, like, when they're like, and then Vince McMahon decided to start going for smaller guys. And No, he didn't. Well, he did Diesel, Diesel and Razor left. Otherwise, they exactly, would have been the guys. Exactly. Like, Diesel was in the Fed for, like, what, like, six months? And then he got the Intercontinental title and, like, the World title like, eight seconds over Bob Backlund. Right. And it's like, come on. Like, right. he, he, Let's let's not forget that. which by the and, and and then Shawn Michaels had to pay his dues. Which, if you want a prediction, uh-huh. I will say that uh, Enzo is going to do very well. Yeah, but it's going to take him a long time. Cass, on the other hand, oh Cass is out of here. That that and by the way, Cass is amazing. He can go, bro. Like he is, but he's getting he's he's going to go right to yeah. the top. And, 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 I, Enzo, and I love Enzo. Enzo's my guy. Shout out to Enzo Mori. He's but, the greatest. Oh my goodness gracious! Like, but he's going to take the Shawn Michaels route of it's going to take a little while. Yeah, he's he. It's one of those. It's one of those hidden blessings of you know the concussion was awful, but when. They, big cast didn't miss a beat. Not a beat without him, you know. And it almost—it was one of those things where we always kind of knew Big Cass was awesome. Like in NXT, he was like the hot tag master. Like yeah. when he would come in and clean house and be the big hulking, you know, seven footer. It was awesome. And then it was like it was so overshadowed by Enzo's awesomeness on the mic. And you almost get disappointed when en- I mean, as much I'm with you. Yeah, love Enzo. I've had him on here. He's the greatest. Yeah, definitely. It was almost like when you saw Cash shine on his own, <laughs> and then Enzo came back, and there is no outshining Enzo. No. I mean, he's that kind of talent. Yeah. But you're like, oh, give, give, what about Cass? Like, yeah, what about our boy? Like, <laughs> like, and, like, I, and, and, and what's kind of what's kind of sucks, the way they're booking Enzo right now, is like I think they had the, the tag match with the Vaude Villains or whatever. And they're, I guess they're, like, trying to, like, re-injure Enzo. Right. And do the whole thing where, you know, they had Big Cass, like, lose his shit and, like, don't hurt my friend. And, like, they kind of make an Enzo look like kind of a, a, a schmuck. Right. Which stinks because... But that goes back, and, and it worked better because it was bad guys, but that goes back to Sean and Diesel. Yeah. When the two dudes with attitudes were there because yeah. Diesel was there to take care of business and Sean was there to run his mouth. Yeah, and let me tell you something. It's not going to happen soon because these, those guys are awesome together. Yeah. But the day that Big Cass turns on Enzo, uh-huh. he is going to be rocket ship star yeah. bad guy. Especially where... the minute the minute he started acting, and I talked about this on the podcast, yeah. like he was seven feet tall. Yeah. Like when he was in the ring and it was like, because in the beginning he was, he was saying he was seven feet tall. He didn't act like he was seven yeah. feet tall. 
But when he started, like, when the hits started affecting him less, mm-hmm. when the commentators put over how tall he was. And he's, like, looking at Chris Jericho like yes. he's a schmuck. And he's, yes. like, washing the Dudley boys on the pre-show yes. by himself. And it's yes. like, okay, watch. With this, I'm like, this guy, when he turns on Enzo, yeah. he is going to be a mega star bad guy. Oh, yeah. Mega star bad I'm guy. It's going to be awesome. I so can't you, wait for it. You definitely think uh, Ambrose wins the money in the bank? Yeah, I think that's, you know, I think that's the, the easy call right there. I think they, they teased the... Uh, the shield kind of uh, that whole that whole shield dynamic with like Sean when Sean I'll call him Sean Seth and Roman kind of like battling each other for the title and Ambrose kind of like in the back with the with the money in the break. Is he gonna case. make it a like, triple threat? Yeah, exactly. Like you and you know he's kind of nutty, so you, he'll he'll you know he's if any if there's anything that Ambrose is great at, and I, I give Ambrose a lot of shit because I'm not a huge fan of his entering work, but mm-hmm. I just think he's a great character. Yes, I think he'll do a lot of wonders with the money in the bank briefcase just because he's just a nutty guy, he's funny. and he's funny, and yeah. he's got really good comedic timing with it. So I think I think they're gonna go that way with it. I and, could, yeah, um, I mean that is definitely the obvious one. I was trying to think of like, I feel like there are time there are definitely times when they go which. It's obvious we know he's going to win, and then yeah. that person wins. Yeah, yeah. But there's lots of times they used to do it with the King of the Ring a lot too, where the guy that would win would be the one guy that you didn't expect to win. Yeah, and like I was sitting there going, like, who in that group needs the briefcase? You, I could see Sami Zayn, Jericho winning it, uh, okay. which I would not be happy about. But Jericho has won a lot of paper. He won at WrestleMania, which. You know, you, you know what's, you know, I, I kind of, I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that because for some reason, and and I, I, I said this a while ago. I was like, Chris Jericho is on like, he's on like this weird Bob Backlund type of run. Yeah, that's a great where, comparison. Like, when Bob came back and like he was just kind of like, oh, remember old Bob Backlund where he's back, and then all of a sudden he was WWF champion, right? And we're just like. All right, and but he was like the deranged, thing. right? And he was like acting like a lunatic, yeah. yeah. And Jericho's kind of like that same type of lunatic, just calling everybody idiots and just <laughs> right. walking around with this really pretentious scarf and everything like that. And he's right. kind of nuts, but you know you got to respect him because he's Chris Jericho and he's done damn near everything. So right. it's like, why not give him one more I, world I, title run? I could, I could see it, mm-hmm. but in terms of like in that match, there's the one guy who could use it. I feel like Jericho is. Jericho, and as much as like, I it's like, oh well, Jericho's older, and he should be just there to put over young talent. Like he's having a pretty great heel run. Oh, of course, I got it, and I don't want to be honest about that because he blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> but he's having a pretty amazing heel run. Unblock Sam, Chris. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unblo- anybody out there, let him know that. Like, I think he's. Uh, Begrudgingly, I think he's doing amazingly right now. But that's the thing with all of Chris Jericho's runs. Like it's it's all it's almost you could set your watch to it. It's like yeah. he comes back, it's like, yay, Jericho's back, and he's like a cheesy baby face, and then he goes to this stone cold well, not stone cold, but this like really ice cold heel. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's awesome again. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's where we're at right now, where right. Jericho's back to being awesome. But I feel like uh Ambrose can be Ambrose without it. I feel like uh Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens just have having each other yeah. is almost enough. Even though I still would separate them when the draft comes. I could kind of see, uh, and this is something that I, I I would love to see. I could almost see because because here's the thing: the Sami Zayn Kevin Owens rivalry is still kind of fresh to WWE audiences, yes. but like to the hardcore fans, it's like these guys have been fighting each other for the past decade and a half. It's Batman and Joker, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, what could we do to really make this a real rivalry? I think you give. Zane the win, and you give him the briefcase. You have him 
almost cashing on Roman Reigns. Everybody's going nuts. It's like, oh, my God, Sam's about to be champion. And then Kevin Owens comes in and screws him out of it. Which is the perfect way. And they're so good. Kevin Owens is so good at, like, being the most likable person on the roster, but still finding ways yes. to just be dastardly. Yes. Like, oh, I and, hate you. And that's how you really get people to hate Kevin Owens. Yeah. People are really behind Sami Zayn, and that's how the blood feud is really taken to the next level. I like that idea, but I sometimes feel like uh, the Money in the Bank briefcase goes to somebody without a real plan of what the cash in. I don't think there's always... Mm-hmm. Like, I think sometimes, like, like when you write a, a, a script for a movie, sometimes you just have this idea for these characters. Yeah. And as you're writing, you realize what the ending of the movie is. Like, I think that's what happened with, like, Sandow and a bunch of them. I think sometimes they give them Oof. money. Yeah. That's a, it's sand, it's, it still hurts me, the it Sandow, does. man. That like, cash he was, was one of the heartbreakers oh, of all time. Oh, my goodness gracious. I loved, loved Damien Sandow. He, is the, he was the master of taking chicken from chicken shit yeah. like he was the guy and uh, but uh. i think the one guy who needs the briefcase right now to define him is alberto mm. he like doesn't really again ha- he has nothing again though i look uh, i'm uh. with you i'm not excited by it yeah but in terms of like storytelling devices yeah Alberto's not doing anything. He He's not. He but doesn't have anything going on. I kind of think that's his own fault. <laughs> you, you know, think so? like I think it's. I think he's been giving. Uh, he's been given stuff. Like I thought. You know, I thought. Uh, what you call it had a had real potential. League of Nations had a good potential. Um, I Which, think by was, the way, I love that Alberto. Like before they break them up on TV, goes and does an interview where he goes, "No, they're gonna break us up." <laughs> like, like, he doesn't okay. give a shit. Okay. Like, you know, you know, he's not, he's not in that level. Like he doesn't give a shit. It's like, okay, what are you gonna do? You gonna fire me okay, again? I'll like, go back to AAA. I'll go back and be a king in Mexico again. Yeah, but um, yeah, like I, I man, I would, I would, I would hate to see Del Rio with the briefcase. It'd be again. a bummer. It, it would, would be, be a bummer, yeah. but but I could see. I think. Only because I think they could do so much better with Del Rio. Yeah. I think he's so good, and I think— That's not the route for him. The, yeah. The, yeah. The, the belt, I don't think—I I think he could do so much more than being champ again or being a threat of being champ again. I honestly, like—it hurts me because he's blocked me on Twitter. I want Chris Jericho to win the money <laughs> in the bank ladder match. I think what Jericho could do, yeah. just just such a just such a scumbag, yeah. getting under everybody's skin because he actually won the briefcase. And then you could always pull something where he loses it in a match or something like Kennedy of did. Course. He doesn't actually have to cash it in. Yeah, like but, somebody, cause somebody could definitely like goat him into putting it on the line exactly. or something or whatever. Exactly. But I, I could see that happening. But, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be mad. I mean, I really, I really like the, 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 um, the field of the Money in the Bank uh, match yeah. this year. Um, I, I don't know if they're having a seventh guy. They had a shadow for it that one time. I don't know if they're. I don't know. There were only do... six ladders for men to sit on and talk to yeah, each other this exactly. week. So, I don't know if they're going to add a seventh guy, but I mean, like, I wouldn't be mad at Jericho. Like, Cesaro, obviously, he's awesome. I would love if that happened, but, you know. Knowing them, we know it's not. I don't think so. Cesaro's one of those guys. It's it's he's he's fetch. It's like yeah. we're not gonna make fetch happen. Like, <laughs> Stop trying to make Cesaro happen. <laughs> it's like and I love love Cesaro, but he's gonna be like he's he's like he you know he he's our generation's Mister Perfect. Like exactly. he does That's everything. Great. That's great. He's amazing in the ring and he does everything. He's an athletic marvel, but like as the world champion, it's gonna be hard to see that right. not saying it can't happen but it will be really hard and i'll be really surprised if i ever see that so let's talk about rock lesnar yes so they announce on saturday first 
my pal Ariel Hawani almost gets barred from oh UFC forever, which is just <laughs> insanity, uh, beyond insanity. Well, he's good now, right? They reinstated him. They reinstated him. Right, good, good for but him. But I felt like I felt like it was like UFC doing that to Ariel because Ariel Hawani breaks this news that yeah. Brock Lesnar's in talks to fight he's, UFC. He's, he's MMA's like Adam Schefter. Like, yeah. if it comes from him, it's legit. Right, yeah. right, right. Mm. Um, and UFC got pissed, and they because he broke that story. And they threw him out of the building, and then they said he was banned from UFC, which to me, I feel like you punish the leak. Yeah. You don't punish the guy who reported it. It's like being mad at, like, the guy that your girlfriend is cheating on you with and being like, you, you have to go. Yeah, no, it's the girl. You, the girl it's the, it's cheated. your Yeah, fault. like, there's somebody, there's, there's, there's. There's a mole in there. Yeah. Like, you find the mole and punish the mole. You don't right. punish the guy for doing his job. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's, he's, he's, got a, he's got a family to feed, too. Right. There's somebody in your circle that let that leak. That's it. That's what you need to figure out. So Brock Lesnar, it's announced, is going to wrestle at SummerSlam in August. Yes. And he's going to— Barring f- he doesn't get knocked unconscious. Right, right, right. And he's going to fight. At UFC 200 a month before SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, I hear this news. First of all, regardless of, like, some people were saying that, you know, WWE had no choice. Vince McMahon had to do it. I don't believe that. Yeah. You know, he signed. Brock Lesnar had a WWE contract. You can't have a WWE contract that says, this is null and void if Dana White says so. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't work, it doesn't that, work way. that way. I don't think um, people realize how contracts work. But yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but I, I think to me... This is a real sign of how evolved WWE, no pun intended, has become. Yeah. The fact that they're working, they're, they're realizing, and I think Hunter's probably a huge influence on has this. Has to be. Has that, to be. That they're realizing that there are these things outside that if we touch upon them, that it makes us bigger. Absolutely. You know, like, like and I think that's why... You know, right down to bringing in Rob, the guy who does all the watercolors of WWE yeah. wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, Like, he was just doing that. Yeah. And they just found him, and they didn't say, oh, we need to get somebody to paint us watercolors. They're like, no, let's just get that <laughs> just guy. Get the guy who does them. You and know? bring like, him here. And I think what you, you, you hit the nail right in the head. I think the WWE finally got out of their bubble of thinking they're the only show in town. And, you know, I guess for a while they thought UFC wasn't their competition or UFC wasn't, you know, they're in two different worlds. Like, no. Like, if you like UFC... There's a good chance you like WWE too, and you know? so why not make those worlds work? And they've also, and it goes back to being a reflection of what culture is. Yeah, is that really? I think that more now than ever, people aren't as competitive in business. They're more collaborative. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's that, very true. Like like even, like the YouTube generation. YouTubers yep. don't really compete with each other. They go on to each other's videos. Mm-hmm. They're like, we'll take a little from you. Podcasters. They go on to each other's podcasts. They Same do. thing with music. Like there's exactly. a lot of collaborative album, a lot of collaboration albums because right. the, you know you take your fan base, we take our fan base. You know we'll make we'll meet in the middle somewhere and we'll make it work. You I know? mean I I feel like even like I'm waiting for Drake and Meek Mill to finally put a record out together because I feel like. <laughs> You know what's going to happen. The beef blows up, and then they're like, yo, we got all these people talking yeah. about us. We should do something together. It's going to happen. And that's, that's always, that's always the, the, the business of, of competition is the reconciliation. Yes. You know, like yes. the reason why when Jay-Z and Nas argued and, and beefed with each other for years, then they finally came together and put right. records out. That's when it was like, oh, my God, everything, everybody shut the world down. Right. What's going on? Like, right. that's why. That's why Triple H being at Evolve is awesome. Right. And, like, Sami Zayn and, you know, I guess what's, what, 
I guess they had like Ethan Carter and and Drew, and Galloway, Drew Galloway on the show, and he, they're going against Gorgano and those guys who's in WWE sort of. But and, and then they're cutting a promo about missing the boat on yeah. talent, and it's like this is amazing. and it's like yo, and it's like it's low risk, high reward, right? You know, so and that's the same thing with with Brock and UFC right now, and it's, it's like, similar to what they're doing with this cruiserweight tournament that yeah. they're doing, where yeah, they're yeah. bringing in. You know, guys who have fame internationally, guys who have fame in pro wrestling guerrilla, guys who all over the place. And instead of being like, you know, we don't know who Zack Sabre Jr. is. They're like, no, let's bring in Drew Gulak and yeah. Zack Sabre Jr. And all these guys. We're not changing your name. We're not changing anything. You got. We're not even signing that, you. That's another thing. We're just going to put you on display. That's another thing. And and it's it's been it's it's WWE getting out of their own bubble and realizing that there's a world outside of there. It's the reason why Samoa Joe came in and he was Samoa Joe, right? And, and AJ and AJ Styles came in. And he was AJ Styles. And Shinsuke Nakamura came in. And he was Shinsuke Nakamura. I almost feel bad for guys like Hideo Itami, where if like they would have waited a few months, right. and He could just come in as Kenta. You know, it's it's obviously it was a big deal when he signed them, but you right. know. It would have been an even bigger deal, right? But you know, it, it is what it is. But it's it's really cool to see, and it's, it's great. Yeah, I think. But I'm I'm watching this, and and obviously I know wrestling better than MMA, but I follow MMA too. Yeah, and this feels to me like long term, WWE stands to benefit. I think more than anybody, especially more than UFC. I I I feel like UFC's fan base mm-hmm. is not necessarily a fan base that appreciates those quick shots like the like they're they're already pissed that CM Punk is just going to get to if he ever fights is just going to get yeah. to go have a fight like they don't necessarily want a guy with fame to come in and do a fight real quick yeah i mean you got to think about it like this Vince McMahon's been in the promotion game way longer than Dana White has yeah. you know what i'm saying so he knows what going to get people to pop yeah and if it's not vince it's 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 triple h who's the i guess the extension of vince who kind sure, of knows learn from vince he, he yeah. knows everything that vince knows and well not everything that vince knows but you know he's got, right there pal. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's learned under vince and now he's taking the generation that he's came up with and be like no okay listen we send brock to ufc we get somebody in return like yeah. you know we send you, you gotta think about it like even if they don't they get anybody touch, in return they, like just the fact that like they send Brock to UFC, and even if all they get, look, if they get a match with Ronda Rousey, awesome. Oh, of course. But even if all they get is a reminder that Brock Lesnar is a legitimate ass whipper, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all they that's need. That's and all I they feel need. like you get that whether he wins or loses. And I think that's what that's what that's what they were trying to do because for a couple of years. You know, he's been the most protected guy in the company's history. Like, I can't, you know, he hasn't lost a clean. I guess his only clean loss was against, what, Triple H that one time or yeah, whatever. But and, everything uh, else is Cena, yeah, when, he the, first, when he first, first, first came, came back. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, since I, the streak, we'll say they've decided here he's going to be a monster. You got to hit him in the nuts lose. to lose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or you're just going to get, like, suplexed a million times. And, and, and it's a privilege for you to be suplexed a million times by this guy. Right. Like, that's how much they've built him up. Right. So to have him go there, say he goes up to Mark Hunt and washes him yeah. in, like, a minute. You have a guy now where, you know, I don't even know if that's a good idea for long-term WWE. Because now it's like, okay, well... Is he going to go back to UFC permanently because he obviously still got it? Or B, when he wants to renegotiate his contract right before WrestleMania, he's like, listen, I'm a legitimate ass whooper. I could go back to UFC and make twice as much of what you're giving me. Yeah, for four like, fights. Yeah, exactly. So does, does does he have the company over a barrel? Like, I feel like who knows? the best case scenario for WWE is Brock goes in, he wins, 
but he goes just about all three rounds uh-huh. and goes, oh, that was a lot harder than I remember. Yeah. Like exactly. that, that, <laughs> that's the best case scenario. But yeah, that wasn't fun. Um, let's go back to let's go back to throwing Dean Ambrose around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the best case scenario. Yeah, I would say, like, worst case scenario is he gets injured. I don't think he's going to get injured. Like, I, not. I mean, it's a three-round fight. But I think, you know. And it's not like everybody, it's not like a, a regular thing. I don't think most UFC fighters do not get injured after fights. No, 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 no. I mean, I think the only thing that I'm worried about is, you know, with the athletic commission, if you get concussed, if you get knocked out, yes. you can't compete for 90 days. Right. So, and Mark Hunt apparently is a knockout specialist. Right. So, if he gets caught with one of those hands and he goes to sleep, there goes SummerSlam. Right. You know, like, there's nobody, no, no medical company no no state medical commission in the world is gonna clear a guy who just got concussed 30 days ago <laughs> right to go get no, tossed around in his head so that's, that's true that, that's, I think the, that's, that's the, worst the biggest case risk scenario. you're right yeah, you're right yeah, yeah. So. you're right but i think i still think if you know even if brock gets concussed it's still not a bad deal for wwe yeah because everywhere brock's going they're mentioning this is huge a wwe guy it's just He's st- he's not being looked at as a UFC guy. He's being looked at as a WWE guy in UFC. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I I still think WWE stands to benefit a lot. Uh, I also think they're probably enjoying just you know sticking it to Punk a little bit, like that, like like letting CM yeah, Punk know like yeah. oh hey remember your dream we gave it to Brock. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks for him. Brock's coming out with Jimmy John's on his shorts and he gets all to fight the sponsors in the UFC. and he gets Everything. to go and do whatever he wants and <laughs> yeah. oh gosh I hope I hope he fights though I mean bless Punk's heart I do He's, too I hope he gets it out of his system and I just, do too you know but um yeah I mean I, I mean I think I really do think it's uh. You know, as far as the WWE's best interest with this goes, I just think it's another one of their long extensions where mm-hmm. they have a hand in movies and TV and all this other stuff. And they have a hand in John Cena goes and does a bunch of movies and does the Today Show. And Seamus goes and does Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And like, oh, yeah, we got a guy fighting for legit over here. And they're all going to come back one day and look at all these mainstream stars that we have right. fighting at SummerSlam, fighting at WrestleMania. I think that's doing right. Doing all this other stuff. So, I mean. I mean, they're they're starting to really make the you know stretch their hands a little bit into other pots. So you smart, know, when, they, of course they they always know what they're doing. Vince always finds a way. Any uh, any prediction as to who Brock Lesnar has at SummerSlam? I would. Oh man, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> Goldberg? <laughs> Maybe, <I don't> <laughs> no, but um, I don't know. I think. Uh, You'd probably give the Brock Roman rematch again. You think so? I think that's the I think that's the only match that's there, especially if he wins at UFC. What about? Know, so. Yeah, yeah. If he wins at UFC, the, the UFC definitely adds a new element to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think we still need a Brock Bray Wyatt match. Yeah, that would be really dope. Yeah, that'd be really dope. But. It just uh, you I, you almost have to wait and see how this UFC thing plays out. You almost have to have a couple of different avenues you can go down. Yeah, yeah. Like there's like say Brock loses. Yeah, and Bray becomes like that voice in Brock's head. Like, yeah, see, you're, you know he's haunting you now. Yeah. like everybody saw that you're weak and you you can be the beast can be tamed. And Bray yeah. does his whole double talk that he always does, and you know. That's something I'd, I'd pay attention to, but I think you know, I really think the the Brock Roman rematch that I guess never has happened yet is still on the table for SummerSlam. Yeah. Um. I think 
I'd like to. I'd like to him, see him and Cena go again. You know, that wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be bad at all. Um, Especially at another. What was it? That was two years two ago. Two years ago, yeah, in right? L.A. Oh yeah. gosh, that was the best main event I've yeah, ever yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like not best. That was as when. In, oh no, no, no! He coined the phrase "Suplex City" yeah, at WrestleMania. At WrestleMania, yeah. but. That was the first match that he did the, I'm just going to do a shit ton of suplexes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like, Heyman's counting them out and stuff. And, like, that was, you know, I've seen a lot of main events. But as far as, like, spectacles go, that was just one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Because it was just this huge buildup. And Cena had both the belts. And, yeah. you know, it was, like, this really awesome visual of Brock just coming, eating him alive. Just, just standing over him yeah. with both belts. I was awesome. like, that guy's scary. I'm not <laughs> fucking with him ever. <laughs> so... Yeah. Well, listen, man. I appreciate you being here. Hey, whenever you want me back, bro. I, I'll definitely I, have a, you back. It is definitely an honor and a pleasure, Sam. You are one of the gods of this of this game. Oh my so. god! Well, thank you for saying so. <laughs> uh, people can find you, of course. Thestash dot com is where you have. There's a whole bunch of wrestling stuff. There's, you know, what was interesting on thestash dot com. Speaking, it's it's wrestling, but it's mainstream. Yeah. Our mutual friend Lisa Ann. Yes. Does a column at thestash.com. Yes. I'm, and when uh, work in progress. And when China died. Yes. She talked about her experiences with China on porn sets, which I was like, that this is this is it. It was just from a perspective. Yeah. That I just hadn't heard before. It was a really good read. Yeah, that's that's one of the things with Lisa, man. Like Lisa, by the way, like one of the sweetest, nicest people. Uh, she's I've amazing. Ever, she ever has, met in Lisa life. Ann, who's like this porno legend, porno yeah. queen, has this amazing nurturing maternal oh energy oh my god it's not just me okay yeah, yeah, great yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah i thought it was just me because like i'm like like a lot younger than her or whatever <laughs> but like i i call her mom i'm right. like yeah mom she'll take care of me and like she'll yes. make sure like i've eaten and i've taken care of myself it's like you know because you need to take some rest you need to take these vitamins and right da, da, da. if you need anything just call <laughs> da, da, da. i'm like wow like this is like She's really like a mom, she you is. know. So she is. yeah, like she um she wrote that story uh, about China like shortly after she passed, and um was on TMZ as well. Like mm-hmm. TMZ went and like caught her in the middle of the street, and she kind of like talked about the experiences there, and you know, and it was crazy because we had just done like a Facebook Live maybe like a week before China passed, and it just happened just so happened that somebody brought up China like as one of the questions, and she tells that story of, I guess her first day on set. Some guy took like a a, a a PED for so he could quote unquote perform, and you know you know when you listen to those Viagra commercials and it's like if it's you have an erection longer for four hours, call a doctor and I guess it was longer than four oh. hours. And uh, spoiler alert: if you want to read the whole story and just go to stash dot com and find Lisa's uh, column, um, there was a lot of blood, there was a lot of needles. <laughs> it was a horrified China on her first porno set, and Lisa just horrified and it's a lot of it's very graphic but you know it's it's only from her point of view and you got that energy because you wanted to take care of china exactly she felt felt awful about it so you can get there's a ton of stuff i would recommend checking out the stash.com and where can people find you on twitter you can find me at real life cas on twitter um you can find the stash at um at the stashed on twitter and uh yeah that's you know if uh we also put out a print issue this year um a couple uh uh it's about two a month old now um, you could purchase it at print.thestash.com. We got Wiz Khalifa on the cover, um, Carrie Chamber from ESPN, Casey Veggies, Lion Babe, Pete Davidson from Saturday Night Live, all really cool stuff. So please support and check that out when you can. Definitely. Check it out. And thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging out, Kaz. Yeah, thanks for having me. I can't wait to come back. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at MilkSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. 
and subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.